everybody, it's Sam Bennett. Thank you so much for joining me for the True Freedom Symposium, the when, what, why, and how to quit your day job, and what's really on the other side. This interview is with the bold and brilliant Diane Conklin. Diane is an internationally known author, entrepreneur, marketing and business strategist, coach, consultant, implementation specialist, and speaker. She's a direct response marketing expert who specializes in showing small business owners how to integrate their online and offline marketing strategies and their media methods to get maximum results from their marketing dollars. She's been involved in numerous campaigns, grossing over a million dollars several times in her careers, and she routinely helps people grow their businesses well into the six figures and beyond in a very short amount of time. She was also voted Glazer Kennedy Marketer of the Year for her innovative strategies and campaigns. And if you know anything about the Glazer Kennedy community, that is a serious honor. My name is Sam Bennett. I'm CEO of the Organized Artist Company and best-selling author and your host for the True Freedom Symposium, the what, when, why, and how to quit your day job and what's really on the other side. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. It's Sam Bennett from the organizedartistcompany.com here with Diane Conklin. Hi, Diane. Sam, it's good to see you. Nice to see you, too. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Absolutely. My pleasure, as always. So as we were talking about before I turned on the camera, we're really trying to get people to a point of decision, right? Give people enough information, enough anecdotes, enough vibe of the thing so they can really start to go, okay, you know what? I think this entrepreneurship thing might really be for me. I want to do, I want to find out some more about it or wow, this is fascinating and it's really not for me. So, cause we don't care what you decide. We just want you to decide. Decide. Yep. You can always make another decision after that decision. And it is one of the things that entrepreneurship has taught me actually is that money loves decisions. Yes, absolutely. And money loves, money loves speed. And so you could start right there, right? Make a decision and go with it. And to some degree, I would say, once you decide, like burn the bridges behind you, right? Like, like sell out and make it, not that you don't want to have a plan B. I'm not saying that, but once you say, yeah, I'm going to do this thing, then, you know, have some plans in place and, 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 and all of that, but then go for it. You can't, don't put your toe in the water. Yeah. Right. Like you got to jump all the way in and get your head right. You know? Yeah, yeah. That having something to fall back on thing that, that then you always fall back on it. So it never, it never. Right. You never fully commit. And that's right. the thing, right? Make the commitment, go for it, run hard. And, and you know, there are people who, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I really think that being an entrepreneur and owning your own business isn't for everyone. It just, uh-uh. isn't. Uh, and look, I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm just be honest. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I should edit this out. But, <laughs> and feel free by the way. But there are still today times when I say, you know what, I'm just going to go get a job. I'm just going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to pour coffee and soda for people, take their money. I've been doing this for 20 years and there are still days, at least, at least once or twice every year that I say that to my, and then of course I wake up in the morning and I'm like, nobody would hire you. (laughs) Um, I sit down at my desk and I go back to work. You're unemployable. Yeah, exactly. They take one look at me and go, we, um, you should be in Leavenworth. That's what, <laughs> what would have happened had I been in the military. Um, but it is, you know, it's, 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 it's work and it's, it's 100% up to you. And I actually sort of recommend this practice. This happens to me once or twice a year too. And almost exactly that, like once or twice a year, not every day, but once or twice a year, I'm like, yeah. I am over this. Forget it. Yeah. I quit. 
And one time, and I've actually done this a couple of times since, I made a big sign that said, I quit. And I put it on my computer and I walked out the door and I just went for a drive. I was like, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. I quit. <laughs> I am done. And I drove to the ocean and I like sat there and got mellow on the dunes for a while and just like communed. But all day I was like, Mm-mm, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And sure enough, by the end of the day, I was like, but I think it's healthy I think a little bit like you know when you're in a relationship every now and again you have to think it's really working for me right right you know so even if you have a job think occasionally quit for the day and just see how it feels well and you know what you do that in your job I'm sure right I mean like I've had it that's enough I'm you know I'm going somewhere else so it's human nature to get frustrated it's human nature to you know to 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 get you know, it is overwhelmed. What Use whatever word you want. But you know what? Here's the thing. You have to have a certain amount of tolerance for things not working the way you expected them to, right? You, you set an intention and then, and of course, you know, it's, it's like way up here, right? But you have to develop sort of this shell that says, you know what? This is what I want out of this. This is my goal. This is where I want this to go. And go for it and then and then evaluate right the, the uh oh it didn't quite work out that way or oh geez and here's the one that's hard for people to take right oh no that got totally screwed up that totally didn't work right well it probably didn't totally not work that's your perception right because you're in it you can't see the forest for the trees you can see one or the other but you can't see both and so we get that whole like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? This didn't work, right? And then we have days like I had this morning where I talked to one person and made a really big sale. And I was like, woohoo, I love this. Yay, right? So, so let's, 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 let's back up a little bit. So t- tell the nice people, Diane, how did you get, so 20 years in entrepreneurship, that's no small thing. Um, how did you get from where you were to where you are? What was your, <laughs> what was your path? And that's, you know, it's not going to be like this. Um, So I have a master's degree in exercise science. Um, I started off working at JOB and I ran fitness facilities. I ran health clubs. I ran hospital facilities. I did all kinds of things. And I always had this sort of thing that I want. There was more, you know, and um, I lost a job actually. And uh, a a guy that I'd seen a lot um, that I knew I was, went on vacation in uh, Cocoa Beach, Florida, and a guy said, I had lunch with this guy. He was an entrepreneur and a direct response event planner guy. And he said, Diane, what are you going to do when you, were, when you grow up? I was in my 30s. And uh, I said, I don't know. And he said, I'll tell you what. He made me an offer. He said, come work for me for a year. I'm not going to pay you. Um, but come work for me for a year. I'll teach you everything you know. I know. <laughs> everything you know. <laughs> um, you'll, I'll spend an hour a day with you teaching you this business. And let's, you know, and I said, okay, let's do it. I had no idea how I was going to live, how I was going to pay for anything. Um, And down the road, not too long after I started, he gave me an opportunity to start earning commissions on sales and and percentages Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I moved into, I went from Atlanta, Georgia. I drove eight hours in my, with my, whatever would fit in my back of my pickup truck to a one bedroom um, furnished apartment sight unseen right? I left my partner, the house, the animals, the business, everything. And um, now I don't, you don't necessarily have to do it this way, but um, it was really good, right? And so I, I really, when I, 
long story short, I worked for him for the year. About six months later, I started running his coaching business. And about six months later, he called and said, I want you to come run my company. He and his wife, unfortunately, were getting divorced. And so I did that. And when I made the decision to leave, that was very entrepreneurial. I got to do a lot of cool things, met a lot of neat people. When I decided that was enough, that it was time to branch out 100% on my own, um, again, I don't necessarily recommend this, but I leaped with no net. I had no list, no product, no anything, but I knew based on what I had been doing for the last five years that, that I could do this. And so, um, you know, and, and here's the thing, where I am today is not where I thought I would be. It's not where I started. Um, you, you don't always see it. It's a, it's a sprint and it's a marathon at the same time. Oh, that's um, so true. <laughs> yeah, it's not one or the other. But, you know, that's kind of how I got started. And and just always having the drive. You know, as an athlete, I learned so many lessons that I apply in my business. And, um, you know, that's kind of how I got started. And, and, you know, it's been up and it's been down and it's been in the middle. And, uh, you know, somebody said to me the other day, it was interesting. I would never coach with somebody who hadn't hadn't like been to the bottom and come back at least one time. And I thought, wow, that's really so true, right? They've restarted because they they know they have that energy of how do you stay in the game? How do you how do you keep you know going and 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 have that longevity? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. I was um, this thing about athleticism and 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 entrepreneurship is so true. I was I was I've been doing CrossFit lately because I'm a complete badass, and <laughs> and we're doing CrossFit. And it's, I'm terrible at it. It's so hard. We're doing this thing. It's like, it's awful. I'm sweating. I'm crying. I can't do it. Other people are like lapping me like crazy. I'm really suffering. And the coach comes over to me. The trainer comes over to me. She looks at me and she goes, does it hurt? Or is it just hard? I was like, oh shit. I'm like, yeah, it's just hard. She's like, okay. And she walks away. I was like. Wow. There's a sermon in that. Well, and that's how your business is going to be, right? It's going to be hard until, until you do one of two things. Either you learn how to do it, God forbid, right? I mean, seriously, or you get smart. And now in CrossFit, you can't do this. But when you finally realize that you can't do everything in your business and you begin to hire experts. So there's a quote that Joe Polish says that I absolutely love. And he says, Stop trying to strengthen your weaknesses. Strengthen your strengths and hire your weaknesses. And I know what you're saying if you're just thinking about this. Well, I don't have any money to start with. I'm going to have to learn everything. What does that cost you? See, that's a, and excuse me for being blunt, right? But you asked me to speak. And so this is me. No, I, I, you, you get extra for blunt. <laughs> <laughs> that is an employee's mentality, right? It's not an entrepreneur's mentality because we all start off that way because most of us came out of a corporate or some kind of job environment, but you have to invest. And to some degree, you have to have a little startup money. You have to have some money to make the money. Now you don't have to be wealthy, right? But you've got to understand that you do have to invest. And sometimes investing, I didn't say hire a full-time person. What I said was start. Maybe it's just a couple of hours a month to have some, look, I've been in business 20 years. I can't, you would be amazed at the things that I don't know how to do. I can't build a website. I don't put up my own blog posts. I never have. And I'll tell you why I'm not good at it. 
I'm not good at it. There are four things in my business that I'm good at, and that's what I stick to. That's what I do. Those four things. What now are you, those four things? Those four things are coaching, teaching, marketing, and selling. Speaking. Speaking is in there too. So five, right? Mm -hmm. Speaking is my first love, but it sort of includes the coaching and teaching in that piece, right? Yeah. But that's it. You put me in front of a room, I'll stay there until you drag me out. I mean, I absolutely love it, right? But that's it. Now, you can't start there. You have to do some things. I'm not saying don't learn anything and just say, oh, here, right? Go do this. Go do that. You don't even know what to do when you first start. But you have to be willing to be bad and frustrated because you're not sure and be unsure. That's a better word. That's a better word. You have to be willing to be unsure about things as you go along and as you build it, unless you're wealthy and just hire somebody to do it all for you, in which case, you know, that's cool too. Uh, yeah, I'm 100% in favor of that. But, um, and, and that's really where I, I, cause I started doing everything myself and realized pretty quickly that I was just spinning my wheels. I mean, it's crazy. Um, and, and it's a little bit what I sometimes refer to as dusting the baseboards in the ballroom, mm -hmm. right? You've got this big, beautiful ballroom. You need to be up on the throne as the benevolent ruler. Like everybody's looking to the throne, like what's happening? And if you're down there dusting the baseboards, like, oh no, I've got to make every last little thing perfect before we start. Yeah. Nothing yeah. Happen. And you know what? If, if you're going to work from home, so here's another thing. If you're thinking about doing this and you're currently working in a job where you have to go to the place and you have accountability because the boss wants things at a certain time and all of that, you know, the accountability that you're going to have is to yourself. There, you, you are the one. And this is, I think, sometimes the really hard part is we spend our whole lives, right? In school, we had teachers. At home, we had mom and dad. You know, we had jobs, which means we had bosses. Now, all of a sudden, we are the boss. There's no one to hold us accountable. And so we go, oh, look, there's some, I should really go over here. Oh, you know what? I need, There's laundry, right? There's a great, if you Google, um, I think it's called The Pessimist. There's this amazing little cartoon. If you Google it, it's about a guy who, goes to his home office desk and sits down and he realizes that he's hungry. So before he starts to work, he goes to the kitchen and then there are dirty dishes from last night. So before he cooks, he has to do, and it's this whole little story about how, because I'm already here, I have to do this. He ends up at the grocery because he doesn't have the food that he needs to make the, it's really funny, but it's true, right? Yeah. I need to dust or, oh, the phone rang or, you know, I often tell people that, you know, the house could implode around me during the times that I'm working, I wouldn't know it until the fireman came and said, excuse me, ma'am, you need to have to get out of this chair. Yeah. Um, I don't answer the phone unless I have an appointment. I, I don't answer the bings on my cell phone. I have all my notifications turned off. When it's work time, it's work time. When it's play time, it's play time. But you have to be, here's another one of those words that no one likes. Are you ready? I'll whisper, ready? Discipline. <gasps> that the and word, right? There are two words we should never say. You have to work. And you have to be disciplined. Sorry. Um, but it is, right? I mean, it's, 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 I, I got to the point where I don't know about you, but um, I put like real clothes on. I don't, I don't, I don't work in my bed. I don't work on the sofa. I don't work with the TV on. I put clothes, I, well, you know, clothes is, <laughs> clothes, you know, I mean, shorts and a t shirt in the summertime. I put a, a collared shirt on for you, special, but you know, jeans and a sweatshirt, whatever. But I don't run around in my pajamas. I don't run around in my sweatpants because I want to feel like I'm working. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's so good. That's so good. And the thing about turning off all the notifications, I think everybody should just do that anyway. 
Yeah, me too. Like I hear from everybody, like I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed. It's like, dude, you're doing it to yourself. Right. Bing, bing. And you think you have to answer it every time it bings. No, no, no. Um, Here's, you know, you said another thing that I want to sort of circle back to, which is this concept of investment, because this is something that really changed for me when I became an entrepreneur is we're used to thinking of things of like, oh, I can't afford it or, oh, it's not, you know, I can't spend that money. I can't spend that money. I can't spend that money. And I for sure can't spend that money. But when you're an entrepreneur, when you have your own business, you have to stop thinking of it as spending money because it's not spending money. It's investing. Absolutely. So the question is, if I invest this money, what will I get back? Right. 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 So if I spend $1,000 to get a client who's going to pay me 2000 that's a good investment. Absolutely. Two to one on your money. I do that all day and twice on Sunday. All day long. You know, even though I'm, if I'm going to spend, you know, $1,000 to get a client who's going to spend, who's going to give me $1,002. Still, that works, right? Yep. Um, and so this thing of like, oh, I can't possibly afford to hire someone. No, no. The question is, what can that person do? that is going to double your investment in them. Exactly. So if I'm paying somebody else. There are two things with that. One is if you're paying someone $20 an hour and they're producing $40 an hour or $25 an hour, that's a good thing. Here's the other piece that people forget. If that person, you're paying them 20 an hour, it's in two hours, let's say it's two hours a week, but they're freeing up two hours of your time Hopefully you're making $100 an hour or $500 an hour during those two hours, right? And so long-term what it does is it shows you that you shouldn't be the one who's mowing your lawn and you shouldn't be the one who's cleaning your house because while someone else is doing those things, you can be working. You can be investing back your time, energy into your business. So we really have to think about that. You know, it's interesting. Somebody asked me once, you know, Diane, if you could start all over again, <laughs> what would you do differently? And the answer is always the same and it will always be the same. And I always say this, I would have started everything sooner. Mm. I would have made my first hire sooner. I would have started make, doing products sooner. I would have started my mastermind sooner, my group coaching, so- everything that I do in my business, my live events, I would have done it sooner. Why didn't you? One reason, one reason only, it's the thing that will hold you back in your life, whether you're an entrepreneur or you stay at your job, it's fear. Yeah. When you hesitate, it's fear. And, you know, people talk about, oh, fear of success, fear of failure, whatever. It's all the same thing. There's something ultimately that you're afraid of. And so when you hesitate, if you ask yourself, what is it that I'm afraid of? And this is, this would be a great exercise for you to do to make this decision. Yeah. I want to do this, but I'm not sure. Okay. What is it that you're unsure of? What are you afraid of? Well, I'm afraid of the secu- I'm losing my, you know, my, sec- the security of an income. Okay. Well, if that's where you are, then this isn't for you. Right. <laughs> because right? Yes, you are, you are losing that security. Of an yeah. Income. You know, well, what about healthcare? Well, you're going to have to go get your own and it ain't cheap. Right. Um, you know, so if you simply ask yourself that one question, when you hesitate, what am I afraid of? Afraid of looking stupid. I'm afraid of being told no. I'm afraid of rejection. Um, you have two choices if you want to be an entrepreneur. Either find a way through that, right? You're not just going to magically get over it, right? You have to find a way either through it or don't do it. 
wow, look at that. I were a poet and didn't even know you it. Rhyme. I and I think this is a, I think this is a common mistake people make in all kinds of things. They see somebody who's doing something they want to do or has something they want to have or has accomplished something they want to accomplish and sort of make this little leap that says, oh, it must have been easier for them. Oh, Diane must not be afraid, you know. Oh, it must be e easy for Sam to write books. Oh, it's easy for like no, 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 <laughs> not easier, not easier right. for anyone. It's just we're either better at man living with the fear and anxiety and uncertainty, managing it, and also looking for the lessons in it. Like what, you know what else it is? Hmm, go ahead. What, it what else it is is this: you're comparing my highlight reel to your back of the scenes footage. Yeah. You see my highlight reel 20 years later. Oh, Diane's an instant success. Yeah, to you, <laughs> to me, right? Look, you see this? It's a phone, yes, it has a cord on it. This is my business phone. When I first started picking this up, it was 200 times the size out of the screen. It had hair on it. It was like, <laughs> you, I was afraid to touch it, right? Oh, it Monster. had hair. And you know, it had a pulse, it like breathed on its own. It's just a phone. Yeah. It's still just a phone. It was just a phone then, right? But we we all of a sudden, when that was just a phone before, now because it's it it's attached to my income, it's right, scary. Even this morning, 20 years into this thing, I'm talking to this person on the phone, and there was this hesitancy for me to say, Well, would you like to go ahead and get started with this now? I mean, I, I, I laughed at myself, right? It's like, what are you doing? Oh, well, maybe they don't have the money. Well, let them decide. That's not for you to decide. Right, exactly. So this, this brings us to a very interesting and very touchy part because I think it's, people give you all kinds of reasons why they're not starting their own business, but I think the number one reason is they're afraid of making sales. Yeah. They're not afraid of not making sales. They're afraid of like the action of doing selling right they think yeah. they hate it they think they're not good at it they think it's going to turn them into some kind of weird pushy used car salesman mm -hmm. um it's a lack mentality it's a lack mentality so talk so how do you talk people through that well how do you you know so i'll tell you how i got over it um i grew up with a dad who sold cars for 25 years and i still had that whole like oh right so i put a big sign on my wall it was there for several years that said be a problem solving and solutions. That was my thing, right? Because if, because I'm helping somebody with something that they need help with. Everything I do in my business is helping someone, right? I mean, I, you know, I could tell you stories about helping people go to six figures in 90 days, taking people to a million dollars in 12 months, you know? Well, you know what? That didn't just help them. See, so my, I love having this ripple effect, right? So ripple, so I, I love acronyms. So ripple to me stands for repetition in place produces little effects somewhere. So that's very good. Right? So <laughs> by putting that one, dropping that one pebble in the pond, in the ocean, right? It bring, it keeps going and going and going. And pretty soon a thousand people, a hundred thousand people have been affected not directly by me but indirectly i love that idea right so i got off on a tangent what was the question i'm sorry no talking about sales but that's exactly oh, right. right that sales is an act of service that in right. 
It is, right? So if I'm helping someone, if I'm solving a problem, if I have a solution, and look, I'm the queen of, of problem solving. And I can solve just about anything you throw at me, right? Now, I may not be the source for it, but I can I can recommend. And it, so when I look at it from that perspective, it's a whole, I'm not selling them. I'm helping them. And they're paying me for my help. I had to reframe it that way. Now I look at it and say, you know what? Nothing happens in the world without a sale. Those books behind you, some those that somebody you had to make the decision to buy them. Someone had to sell them. You go to a movie, buy a movie ticket. It's a sale, right? Um, you know, the shirt I have on, right? I mean, every, that's how our world works. I tried to I tried to give them this little corgi laying under my feet the other day at the grocery store. And you know, they wouldn't take him for the eggs or anything. Really? They, they would not. They wanted money. <laughs> what do you know about that? Right. Yeah. And I try to think too about, I think it's so interesting how, how strong a grip this used car salesman image has in the world. Like it's really tight inside of everybody's mind. When in fact, I've had that, I've had bad selling experiences. I don't know, a couple of times maybe where I felt some, like somebody was pushing something on me or like I was in a position I didn't want to be in. Um, but I've had way more really enjoyable selling experiences. Yeah. Well, and somebody's got a solution to a problem or somebody, you know, you're at the store and they say, well, that jacket looks great. Do you want to see the skirt that goes with? Well, yes. And oh, that looks great on you. Do you want to see the shoes? Yeah, I want to see the right. shoes. Right. Like, it's so right. fun because you get right. the thing you want, you know. And here's the thing. If you don't like that image, if you don't, if you don't like the quote used car salesman, Let's just change that. If you don't want to be, if you don't like a pushy salesman, then don't be one. Exactly. People who are pushy seem pushy. Right. People here, who are desperate seem desperate. Thing. I always say to people, look, I'm not for everyone. <laughs> people are like, some people are like, good. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm direct. I'm to the point. I'm sometimes a little louder than I should be. Um, you know, but I guarantee people one thing, if you're going to play with me, we're going to have fun. I'm going to have fun. I always tell them I'm going to have fun. You can join if you want, but I'm not for everyone. Neither are you right. Neither is anyone. So when you accept the fact that, you know, you're not for everyone and you stop worrying about all this gibberish about how do I overcome objections and, you know, making people feel bad. Well, really, Sam, you're going to say no to this offer. What about your children going to college? And what about you? Are you going to say no to them when they say, mommy, you know, can we go to Disney? And you have to bow your head and say, no, I'm sorry, little Johnny. We can't go to Disney because mommy doesn't make enough money. Really? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. You, I don't want you that. You shame like, people into buying your product. You have a problem. <laughs> hey, don't be that. Right. right. It's like so many other things in the world, which we're not going to go there. If you don't like it, then don't be it. Don't do it. But leave everybody else alone. Well, uh, for sure. And really, and the other thing you say, and I say this all the time, God bless the unsubscribes. Right. I don't go. even look. Find your people. Go right. away. How many people unsubscribed last week? I don't know. I don't care if they left. They weren't mine. I, I can't make, I'm not majoring in the minors. Exactly. Let's exactly. Go make a sale. Let's go change a life. Let's go help somebody. Let's, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, what else? What else? What have you? What do you wish someone had told you? Like, what do you think would have made a difference in terms of you know what would have, what would have helped you start things earlier or get better results sooner? 
You know, I think I wish that I would have, somebody would have said to me, you know what, Diane, learn what you can learn. You know, I'm a learner. I'm a reader. I love all that. Learn what you can learn. Be good at what you, what you can be good at and leave the rest. Like I, I wish somebody had said to me, Diane, have fun. Mm. Like the concept of, you know, it's business and we got to be serious and, you know, it's all about, there's, there's no fun. Nobody wants to, who wants to start their own business if that's it? And I think so many people get tied up in that piece of it. Like, oh, it's business and you're, and look, I'm, I'm as serious as the next person, right? I mean, when it's time for, to, to speak or coach or write or do whatever, I'm there. But if I can't have fun doing what I'm doing, what's the point? Um, and I think that's the piece of, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here looking, if I could turn this around, I would show you, but you know, I've got books on closing. I've, I've got courses up here, you know, sales letter, copywriting, relationships, uh, info marketing, uh, uh, just a few that I can see, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, four shelves, and that's just in my office. There's two, four, six more bookshelves full of books that I've read, by the way. But, you know, I've invested in all that. I've, I went to these events and I bought these courses and went through them, by the way. Um, I, they're not just shelf help, right? Um, and they didn't just draw dust under the bed. And in all of that, no one ever said, hey, are you having fun? That's so important. And, and especially because just from a pure productivity standpoint, when you are like in your own groove, when you're doing things the way you like to do them, just because it delights you, you know, when you're doing the things that you really care about doing, it really does, it takes all the dread and overwhelm out of it. Like you get way better, you have much better time just in the process. So even yep. if the results aren't what you want, you're like, well, I still had a good time. Um, yep. And your results are way better and you're putting out a really authentic message, which means you're attracting the right people. Yep. right yep yeah here's the other the other thing that i will just add briefly is and this has been a big this has been a big thing for me lately but there are two reasons it, it's this the most important six inches in your entire life is between your ears right see it wasn't what you thought between your ears <laughs> remember that you control that piece right and so if you can control that you will be successful way beyond anything else. Here's the other piece. People start a business for one of two reasons. This has been, in 20 years, there's only been two reasons, right? Time, time freedom or money freedom or both, combination. So call it three. I love things in threes, right? So over time, you wanna make sure that you're building a business and not building yourself another job. Unless that's what you want, right? Unless you say, you know what? And I said this at the beginning, if I could make X dollars and work from home for myself, I would be happy. I was okay having a job. And here's the thing, as you become an entrepreneur, everyone's gonna say, well, have you made six figures yet? And then when you make six figures, they're gonna say, oh, are you at a quarter of a million yet? Are you at a half a million yet? Or three quarters, of, are you at a million? Are you multi-million? Stop. I want to be Susan Powder, right? Stop <laughs> the madness. Seriously, yeah. because here's the thing. If that doesn't represent time or money freedom to you, it's not right for you. 
There's no rule in the book. I've looked in every book, every dictionary and online. I've Googled this a hundred times and I never find it that says a successful business has to make X dollars. There, look, do you see this? It's a cookie cutter. I have three of them. It's, it's the horse that's oh. on. <laughs> this doesn't work in business. This works for you to make cookies. That's it. So they all look alike. No two businesses look alike. I don't care if you're in the exact same industry. Well, and now this is, this is interesting. And this is something I actually wanted to make sure we talked about because I think people's thinking is exactly the opposite. Like they think, oh, I'm too weird. I'm too pushy. I'm too gay. I'm too quiet. I'm too uh, urban. I'm too not urban. I'm too country. I'm too like, like whatever it is they've been criticized for in their life and possibly in their job, they think, oh, that's not going to work for me in entrepreneurship. Oh, look, you're looking at the girl who grew up on a 75 acre farm in rural Ohio and then at 22 came out. If there is somebody who is not supposed to be where I am, it's me. Look, I went to college and I was like, oh, well, I just thought I was supposed to go to class. I didn't know anything. I mean, I had people look at, I, I didn't know. I just thought, you know, this, you know, I'm going to be in all one room. I mean, I'm the greenest, non hippest non-coolest person you have ever met. And you know what? Here's the thing. It's one more barrier that you can put in front of yourself if you want. Um, you know, for a long time, it was like, I, you know, I don't want anybody to know. Like I was hiding something, right? Like anybody who looks at me doesn't know, right? Or assume or think. But here's the thing. Are there people who will not do business with me because I'm gay? Probably. Are there people who immediately say, I don't want to do business with her because she, I'm a woman? Probably. Um, is there somebody out there who, because I'm 54, I have to wear reader? I mean, make up an excuse because I have a red shirt on, whatever, right? Because I got my master's at the University of Tennessee and they love Florida. Yeah, probably. But you know what? They're not my person. That's not my issue. It's theirs. And all I can do and all I can control is what I can control. And again, it's fear, right? That's keeping you, whether it's, oh gosh, what if they find out? Well, you know what? What if some other gay person finds out and they do business with you just because you're one of them, right? It's a connection point. They're more comfortable. Then guess what? That makes up for the person who said, oh, she's a, she's a lesbian. I don't want to work with right or she's a woman yeah. really or as i found out when i was speaking last weekend in vegas i'm a dude with big boobs um whole nother story that's a surprise right exactly. <laughs> but you know it doesn't matter what it is there's always going to be someone who will say yes there's always going to be someone who will say no right some will some won't so what next and that's that's easy to say it's harder to live i get it I get it. I was. We all want, I mean, everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants to be, you know, approved of. Everybody wants to be, you know, universally loved. I think yep. that's a very, we're tribal animals. We're very attached yeah. to the opinion of the group. But that's a very surface feeling. You know, it's kind of an immature feeling. And when you go a little bit deeper, I think, you know, if you, this is one of the reasons why I'm such a fan of writing things out. Like if you write out, I want everyone on the whole planet to like me even just be like okay no that's not really i don't really right. actually want that that seems weird right. like 
No, right. I want the people who like me to like me. I want right. the people who want to work with me to work with me. The people, nothing's more expensive than a bad client. Right. If you, right. and you know, there's a lot of, I have all those same books on the same four bookshelves. You guys signed up for all the classes. I read all the books. Um, and it was one of the things I actually really loved actually about starting entrepreneurship. It was like this whole new thing to learn. I was like, oh, you know, click through rate. What are they talking about? Right, right. What does that mean? Um, and then once you read everything, you realize, oh, this is not that hard. Right. <laughs> this it's, really isn't it, that complicated. It, yeah. It's relatively common sense. A lot of it. Right? A, lot of it. a lot of it. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, that, that understanding of like, oh no, I just want the people who 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 want what I have to work yeah. with me and the rest of them can go away. And you know, for me and everybody's different. I've, I'm at the point now where I don't care so much if you like me, if you respect me, I'm mm -hmm. good with that. Mm. Um, and maybe that comes a little more with time. Um, but you know, I think back about, again, I go back to a lot to my athletic career. Think about the coaches that I had that wanted to be liked versus the coaches that I had that you really respected, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so we're, we're doing this when it's, we're in the middle of March Madness. And so, um, you know, as a Tennessee ball, the, the women got beat yesterday. And so there's been some comparisons of the Holly Warlick, who's the coach now, to Pat Summit. And I think, you know, there are a lot of people who you will hear say they didn't like Pat or like the way she yelled at players or she did whatever. But I've never met anyone who said they didn't respect her, especially inside the basketball community. Hmm. Big, big difference. Interesting. So you work with all kinds of entrepreneurs and small business people, like a really wide range of clients. Is there anything you see, mistakes you see them making over and over again, things that you wish you could go, oh, don't, oh, stop? You know, it, part of it, part of it is definitely the cookie cutter, right? They mm -hmm. think that there's one answer, and this happens all the time. Go on Facebook and 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 sit back and watch the questions people ask. What's the best? No one knows until they get into your business and have some answers. If you're asking questions like that, right, it's a big mistake in your business. What's the best? Well, let's talk about who you are, who your clients are. Where are you in your business? What have you done that's worked? What do you, you know, where do you want to go? There's so many variables, right? So it's the cookie cutter thing of, you know, one size fits all. It doesn't. Um, the other thing that, that I think people make the mistake of is they think that having a coach or a mentor is one, that it should be free. And two, that it's a luxury that you wait until you have some level of success to have. Um, I think that's a big mistake. Um, I've had a coach the entire time that I've been in business, different ones for different things, um, some long-term, some short-term, but I think, and I think having, especially in the beginning, having a coach that you can work with, that you, that can get to know you and you, that you want to be with for a little bit, a couple of years. I have people, my average client, my average coaching client is with me for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I have some that have been with me way longer than that. But it affords you the ability to get to know somebody and really be able to help them on this deeper level, right? And as much as we say business is business and the other is the other, you take you everywhere you go. So stop, stop trying to make that distinction is the other piece. Be, you know, be who you are, quirks and all. And as a matter of fact, take those quirks, take that craziness, take the weird, take the odd sense of humor. And like expound on it, 
because people who like that are going to be really attracted to that, right? They're going to be like, and it's amazing to me. And I think this is easier for the younger generation than it is people of, I'll say my age, but you know, people in their thirties and above, I think have a harder time showing that personal side. I think millennials are like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm totally screwed up or I'm, you know, I did this, right. You know, I, I had, this, I had agoraphobia or I had this and I'm like, wow, you just put it out there. Right. Um, I think the more you do that, the more it, it, the more vulnerable almost you are, the more people are like, wow, because it shows the personal side. Right. I mean, like, you know, look, I'm not perfect. My hair's never quite right. And, you know, I'm sure red is the wrong color and this background probably is distracting. And, you know, I, I never get it. But when people see that, like, you know, I don't retouch my videos. Um, yeah. If I cough or I stutter or stammer or use the wrong word, I laugh at myself and move on because it shows people I'm not perfect and they don't have to be either. It takes that pressure off. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you don't have to be perfect. Just take that and, 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 and throw it out. You're going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes. And sometimes when you say, <laughs> as long as it's true, don't make this up. Right. But I screwed this up. Hey, I made a mistake. You know, um, here's what I'm going to do to fix it. People are like, wow. One of the early, uh, I, ju I just had started doing stuff online and I did a, a call, um, and I didn't know to set the the recording for longer than the call was, right? So we get to the hour mark and I'm just wrapping up and wasn't so much longer, but uh, the web, so some people are on, on the phone and some people are on the webinar and everybody on the webinar gets cut off because the timer ended. So I see everybody disappear and I'm like, um, but the people on the phone are still there. So I'm like, ah, oh, oh, oh. I finish up the teaching. I'm like, oh no. So I thought, okay, but I'd promised I'd send out the recording. So I was like, okay, I'll re-record, no big deal. So I go, make a cup of tea, come back. I'm like, fine, there won't be anybody there, but it's fine. I know the questions they asked. I'll just pretend like people are there, whatever. I re-record. Okay, now another hour's passed. I'm exhausted. I'm like, okay, now it's good. I send it out. I'm like in a big rush now because I'm late because I had to do the thing second time. I send it out to my list. Um, I go to do the thing, I, whatever it was. I come back and I have all these emails um, I had not taken myself off of hold. So I had sent out an hour of hold music. I once did a webinar with 85 people on it with no sound and they stayed on. They watched the slides look through and they couldn't hear a word I was saying. So it was some really good slides. So I was devastated, right? I was so, I was crying. I call my friend. And she's like, okay, okay. She's like, Sam, just relax. She goes, so what do you do normally when you when you screw up like this? Like, what do you do to make yourself feel better? And I'm like, I don't screw up like this. <laughs> this is called the Organized Artist Company for a reason. I don't make these kinds of mistakes. And she goes, oh. <laughs> and she says, your list is going to be so happy to find out you're human. Yeah. And sure enough, I said, so I recorded a third time sent out an email that said i'm you know yeah. technical disaster so sorry here's what happened here's the real recording and i got an avalanche of emails back from people yeah. don't worry about it i think you're so brave to do this to begin with thank you so much we totally yeah. get it i'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner like people could not have been sweeter about it yeah. 
And I realized like when you make a mistake, because you will, you will, you will make disastrous, a lot of them, disastrous mistakes. You have an opportunity to show people who you really are. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's funny that you said that because I, again, and I don't know why this always happens to me with audio, but um, I recorded like 14 videos one day, all in a row. And um, there's no audio. I think I forgot to I think I forgot to attach the the mixer to the camera or something. 14 of them, no audio. So my assistant comes up to me on Monday morning very sheepishly and she said, Diane, I said, what? She goes, um, there's no audio on these videos. I'm like, sure there is. <laughs> I go check again. I recorded 14 of them. She goes, okay. So she, I'm sure she probably stood outside my office going, <laughs> I don't need to check them again, right? She comes back. I said, and I think she was thought there was going to be an explosion, right? So I said, okay. So I recorded 15 new audios. The first one being, <laughs> you guys think that we're so perfect. Let me tell you how perfect I am, right? And people laughed. I mean, people loved it. Of course, it's funny after the fact, it wasn't after you'd spent, you know, I don't know, two or three hours, right? Recording 14 videos. Gosh. Um, with no audio but yeah you know it's gonna happen what company do you know does it i mean um well, exactly and it's one of the things i've always told my my team and the people who work for me like i will never fire someone for making a mistake i don't care how much money it costs me how big of a mistake it is because first of all if i were going to fire someone for making a mistake i would have had to fire myself long ago so many times starting on day one um and someone who's made a mistake is a much more valuable employee because now they will, they will, that will never happen again. Yeah. But you know, you know why else they're, they're more valuable goes to the basic lesson. One of the things that you have to make sure you're going to do, they're taking action. They're doing something right. I'd rather have somebody do something to make a mistake that sit back and go like this. (laughs) Well, I didn't accomplish anything today, but uh, I didn't make any mistakes. (laughs) Right. That's right. And you know, that's another point, Sam, is there's a difference between being busy and productive. And, and so many times as a, again, I'm not to offend anyone, but it's easy as an employee to be busy. You know, you can, you can fake when you work for somebody and play on Facebook for a couple hours and you still get paid, you know, for an example. Um, If you do, you have the freedom when you own your own business to do that, but you're not being productive. And because you're not being productive, you have to understand that that was two hours that you just lost, that you can't get back, right? And so does that mean you're going to spend now two extra hours in the evening working that you could be spending time with your kids or your loved one or whatever it is that, or watching TV, right? Or or working out or walking or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the big differences when, when you're considering making this shift is, you know, the busy versus productive is a big, big thing. Huge, huge. And I and because we've spent so long in our lives being rewarded for being busy, like there's a lot of busy work in school. There's a lot of busy work at jobs. Yep. And so there's sort of this feeling, I think, of like, oh, well, if I'm busy all day, that means I've done a good job. And I can't count how many, especially new entrepreneurs, are like, I'm, I don't get it. I'm, I'm crazy busy all day long, but nothing's happening. Right. Right, because you're not focusing on results. Right. There's a great book. It's called The One Thing. And great book. Great book. And basically, I probably shouldn't do this. You should go read it. 
Um, but the, the premise is, what's the one thing I can do right now that makes everything else easier or unnecessary? That's the premise of the entire book. Now, it's more complicated than that. But if you think about that, and you start your day with that. I actually, a, a couple of years ago at one of my events, made a three by five card for everyone that said that on it. What's the one thing that I can do right now that makes everything else easier or unnecessary? If you start your work day like that and you keep asking yourself, you might be able to do one thing that day and go play the rest of the day, right? But if you keep asking yourself that question, there'll be like 10 things every day that fall off your list. Right. So in your job, they, they tell you not to procrastinate in life. They tell you not to procrastinate as an entrepreneur. You have to learn how to productively procrastinate. I call it selective neglect. Yep. Like there's some things I'm just not dealing with. Sorry. Right. Sorry. Yep. It's, you know, sorry, right. Pinterest. I see you over there. I'm not playing. Right. Because you're doing things that are important instead of putting out fires. If you're putting out fires all day, you're going to be busy, but not productive. If you're doing the things that are important in your business, then you're probably doing one of maybe three things. You're working on getting leads. You're working on um, selling and putting out offers, not in that order. Leads, offer sales, <laughs> right? Leads but it's probably one of those things. Yeah. No. And that's it. And your yes list of like, I'm either marketing, I'm selling, I'm creating content, I'm delivering content. Or, and I would add to that list, I'm building relationships with, with peers, with other people, with other influencers. Um, that's another big yeah. one as CEO that's, you know, really as CEOs, we get paid for having relationships yeah. um, and having hard conversations. Right. Um, get your mind out of the gutter. She means building business relationships. Oh yeah. That's what I mean. Yes. I'm not naked from the waist down right now. No. <laughs> I'm not actually. <laughs> I'm wearing my dress-up sweatpants for you, Diane. Are you? There yes. you go. My fancy sweatpants. Um, but those understanding that that's really where your focus needs to be, and it's so easy to say, oh, but this, and oh, but that, and oh, but this, and oh, but that, and what you were saying before about helping people, like so I, and I get shy too. I'm a shy person. Nobody believes it, but it's true. I know. I'm shy. Me too. And I'm introverted. Yeah, right? me too. So I don't want to go up to people. I don't want to have conversations. I don't, I want to stay home with right. my kitty cats. I just don't, and that's who I am. Um, and sometimes, you know, they'll be like, oh, make a sales call. You know, I've got somebody, I want to enroll somebody in a program or, you know, somebody's interested in coaching with me. And I'll think, oh, maybe I should call them later. You know, I, uh, I, uh, maybe it's probably not a good time right now. It's probably not good for them. And then I have this voice in my head that says, Samantha, do you want to help this person or not? Right. And then I'm like, oh, I do want to help them. So then I get on the phone and it's amazing how often, you know, like then I've 20 minutes later, I'm hanging up the phone and I got another $5,000. Right. I'm like, this is a good day. Because <laughs> I really, I really believe, right. I really believe that some people are waiting just for you. Not only are they waiting for you, but they're also waiting for you to make them an offer that they can say yes to. Right. They're right. waiting for you right. to say hand over your credit card because I'm going to yeah. help you. Yeah, exactly. And, and and if you don't help them, then they're going to be left like stranded on, you know, on the boat in the ocean, you know? And then the other thing that we'll do is we'll say, well, you know, I have this program that's $5,000, but if that one is too much for you, I, right? Like you take it, you'd like insult them. You don't know, right? What people's, it's something, especially How as- a little boutique here in town. 
I couldn't believe it. I was there with my mom who, you know, neither of us have all, you know, all the money in the world to spend, but we could certainly at this little boutique, we could buy a couple of things. She's trying on a couple of things. My mom is. And, um, and the lady who owns the store is behind the counter and she says, oh, and if you want, you know, I'll take 20% off that sweater and I'll take 20%. And I'm like, why are you bargaining against yourself? Like, right. we're perfectly happy to pay you full price. Like, yeah. nobody has said anything about needing it to be cheaper. Right. It wasn't but like you're saying you're going like, oh, I would get this, but it's a little pricey. At which point, maybe you might say, right, I'll knock off 10%. No, no, she was just willy-nilly. Like, I'm like, how are you staying in business with an attitude like that? Exactly. Again, it's the lack instead of abundance. And it's the first thing that we do, right? So as, again, making this decision, you have to ask yourself, like, first of all, let's say that a million dollars is your goal. There are a million ways to make a million dollars, right? You could sell something for $1 a million times. You could sell something one time for a million dollars. And there's like a bunch of things in between. So there isn't just one way to do it, but you also have to ask yourself, like, where's that comfort level, right? Can you look somebody in the eye and say, I'm selling air, because, but you can coach with me for $6,000, right? You're sell- There's no product. You didn't hand them, you know, a pair of glasses and say, these are, you didn't, ha- you didn't do anything. You're about to help them, right? So, and there are people who have products, right? But if you believe that these glasses are worth, six dollars or six thousand dollars you're right right right? because there are people who sell them for six there are people who sell them for six thousand what's the difference my ability to look at you and say yes sam these glasses are six thousand dollars and let me tell you why do you see this tempered i don't you know i could make it up you know i do this at restaurants sometimes when the guy comes out and says do you want dessert and he has a tray and I'm like, sure, tell me about it. He goes, well, we have chocolate cake, we have creme brulee, we have pecan pie. I'm like, whoa, 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 stop. Really? Do you want me to do you want me to buy dessert or do you not care? Because I'll actually get up and I'll like, sit down and give me that tray. And they're like, what? I'm like, sit down and give me the tray. They're like, okay, lady. So I grab the tray and I say, we have this decadent chocolate cake homemade in the back. As you can see, it has six layers. And in between each layer, I go into this whole, I I make stuff up about the pecans and the crust made with pure cream. And the guy's sitting there like this. None of it's true, but at least I said something that was enticing. Do you want dessert? No, I don't. But I would, you know, and creme brulee is my favorite. So if there's creme brulee on there, I want it. I'm with you. I am also a creme brulee girl. (laughs) Like, can you at least act like you would like me to have dessert? I mean, they asked me if I want fries with that at McDonald's. And this is how, and this is an important element to entrepreneurship that, you know, you often don't learn until you get into it. But this concept is, it's called upselling, right? So they bought one thing. You're already here buying the meal. Do you want fries with that? Do you want dessert, right? This is how we make the check bigger and also make the experience fuller and richer for the person having it. And help them more. And help them more. That's why they're those little Reese's by the by the cash register, right? Diane, this has been so wonderful and so fruitful. Thank you so much Absolutely. for spending this time with us. I'm so grateful. My pleasure. And um, I know everybody will check out your free gift and get to know you, get on your list and get to know you should absolutely be on Diane's list because she gives out so much great material. So a lot of fun stuff. Great. Thank you so much. I'm Absolutely. so glad we got to talk. Yay. Absolutely. Let's go get some creme brulee. Let's go. I'm all over that. 
Oh, I love Diane's good heart and her brilliant mind. What a treasure she is. If you've enjoyed this, but your time is limited and you'd like access to the rest of them, please hop over to therealsambennett.com forward slash freedom. That's therealsambennett.com forward slash freedom. And there you can opt in, get access to all these recordings and a bunch of fun freebies. We'd love to see you there. In the meantime, remember, the world needs your good work. Thanks, everybody.